Well, those of us who live in the southwest metro of Minneapolis are probably not like particularly agricultural people. Um, and yet I have full confidence that all of us are aware of what a sheep is. Uh, sh these, these furry, fuzzy, woolly animals, flock animals who graze in the field all day. Um, and so uh, sheep were a significant analogy in the Bible for Christ followers. And uh, what we looked at last week, for those of you who weren't here, we looked at how Jesus is the gate and how when sheep go in uh, at night to sleep, they go through a gate into protection into the shepherd guarding them and providing for them. They go into the gate. Um, but what we also know is that sheep do not spend most of their life inside of a fenced-in pen. They spend most of their life out in the fields, out in the pastures, grazing. And so sheep go out into the pasture. They don't just stay in the pen their whole lives. And that's true for Christians as well. Christians don't just spend their whole lives in churches and in Bible studies and in holy huddles. In fact, we spend most of our lives kind of out in the world. And so as sheep left the pen and went out into the world, they, exposed, they were exposed to threats and to dangers. And so they needed someone to guide them and lead them and protect them. They needed a shepherd, right? And so in John 10, 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. As threats come at the sheep, the shepherd was there to protect them and to lead them. And we need a leader who prevails rather than a leader who bails. A leader who isn't going to leave us hanging when things get hard or when threats come our way, but someone who can overcome the sin and the brokenness that threatens to claim us and to derail our lives and to lead us down paths where we shouldn't be. So in biblical terms, we need a good shepherd. So in the Gospel of John, in chapter 10, this is what Jesus says. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, wolf was a common animal that would attack a sheep pen or a sheep flock. When he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But again, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down, down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Let's stop there. So we are in the middle of this series looking at uh, the I am statements in the Gospel of John, which we just read from. 
there are seven statements known as the I am statements. And the I am statements, Jesus uses imagery from the Old Testament to identify himself and what he's doing with God and what God is doing and what God wants for our lives and for the world. And so when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he has in mind a certain thing from the Old Testament. And that is that in the Old Testament, they use the word shepherd to describe kings and leaders of the nation of Israel. And sometimes they even use shepherd to describe God's activity and role in the life of his people. Shepherds. Who are the shepherds in your life? Who are the shepherds that you follow? So think about a shepherd like this. A leader or a shepherd is anything or anyone that guides us or promises us flourishing in exchange for our time, attention, resources, and or trust. Put simply, a sheep follows a shepherd because the sheep trusts that the shepherd is leading that sheep to a life that they desire, right? So sheep follow shepherd, shepherds. What are you giving your time and attention and even your devotion and affection to because you believe it will lead you to the life that you want, lead you to where, to where you want to go. Who are your shepherds? If you're honest with yourself, who do you follow? And what Jesus tells us is that there are bad shepherds out there. In fact, in the Old Testament and in the words of Jesus, there are a lot of examples of how a bad shepherd behaves and how you spot a bad shepherd. So what I've done is I've taken from Jeremiah 21, Ezekiel 34, and the words of Jesus and consolidated them into this short list. So here's how you spot a bad shepherd. A bad shepherd destroys and scatters the sheep. A bad shepherd is a divisive leader who profits off of creating wedges between others. A bad shepherd is stupid and ignores the Lord. These are the words of Scripture, by the way. I did not. <laughs> Don't blame me for that. Jeremiah says that. They're stupid and they ignore the Lord, meaning that they are know-it-alls who lack humility. Bad shepherds do not help the sick or the injured. And one of the roles of a shepherd was to take care of sheep who had gotten hurt and fallen behind. And what scripture tells us is that bad shepherds look at those who have fallen behind and they say, if they can't keep up, they're not my problem. Bad shepherds do not look for lost sheep. Another responsibility of a shepherd was to pay attention to when a sheep who are not always known to have the highest intelligence, would wander away from the flock. They were responsible for going and getting the lost sheep. But bad shepherds are lazy and they do not lift a finger to help others. And the final thing is that they were brutal and harsh. The bad shepherds are abusive and take advantage of those who they are supposed to be caring for. There are a lot of bad shepherds. Bad shepherds that are selfish and that are bad for the sheep. Because the sheep are relying upon the shepherds for protection. And yet when the wolf comes, when the lion comes, when the bear comes, when the thief comes, the, the shepherd, the bad shepherd does not stand up and defend the flock. They run away and they leave the sheep exposed. 
In fact, Jesus calls them a hired hand because they look like a real shepherd. You might be tempted to put your trust in them, but at the end of the day, they're just a temporary employee. They're not in it for the sheep. They're in it for themselves. And the primary way you spot a bad shepherd is that they are primarily concerned about themselves, about self-preservation and self-promotion. Are there bad shepherds in your life? Are you giving your time and attention and your affection and your resources to bad shepherds, to people or things that do not leave you better but leave you worse off, who do not want what's best for you but primarily want what's best for them? Now, we run into bad shepherds in all places in our world and in our lives. One of those places uh, that we run into bad shepherds um, are on these little devices that we carry around with us all the time. I was reading this past week, a pastor in Colorado, Glenn Packham, he said this, social media has reshaped power in the form of followers and likes. Now the number of followers on Instagram is enough to make a person an influencer. A viral video can launch a career or end one. Popularity has replaced credibility. See, what he's saying is that a lot of people want followers, but very few people actually care for the followers. A lot of people want followers, but very few care. And I don't, I don't want to just bash on social media. I could use a hundred examples, but, but that is a perfect example of how bad shepherds or bad leaders in our lives want from us, but they do not want for us. They want from us, but they don't want for us. There, there are people and things in our lives that are happy to take and take and take, but if we're honest, they never give. They drain us. They get us worked up. They wear us out. They leave us worse off, but they never take care of us. They leave us high and dry. They leave us confused and exhausted and vulnerable and dependent and desperate. What are the bad shepherds that you follow? Where are the bad shepherds in your life? And look, I, I want you to examine your own heart on this. Because it's easy for me, at least, to go, oh, bad shepherds, I can think of this and this and this. And it's always like those people over there and the problems they're causing or that thing that I don't really take part in, but I can point out so-and-so does. But what about our own hearts? What about the bad shepherds that we are all tempted to follow? What or who are you trusting in to lead you to a good life that continues to let you down? You see, we need shepherds that do not bail on us. And as I was preparing for this sermon, I could not help but remember uh, a few weeks ago the story of uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, when the fighting broke out in Kiev. Um, the, they came and they offered him an evacuation. You know, as the leader of the country, you should be safe from danger. We're going to evacuate you out. And, and the line that got used in the media that was just beautiful was, uh, I need ammunition, not a ride, is what he said. I need ammunition, not a ride, meaning I'm not bailing on my people. Selfish leaders, bad leaders bail, and they leave us to defend ourselves and fend for ourselves. We need a leader that prevails rather than a leader who bails. 
And what we see is that Jesus does not bail. In fact, he prevails through his death and resurrection. And therefore, Jesus is way better than any earthly leader or example. He's better because he lays his life down and then he takes it up so that we can have life. See, one of the interesting things about this whole, what Jesus says is, if a, if a shepherd in the Palestinian world laid their life down for the sheep and gave their life, if, if they lost their life defending the sheep, that would be a heroic act, but it would actually be disastrous for the sheep because now the shepherd's gone and the sheep are exposed. But what Jesus says is he is such a good shepherd that he lays his life down and that he has the power not just to lay it down, but to take it up again. That when he sacrifices his life, when he, when he, when he sacrifices his life on the cross, he rises from the dead so that he might lead us to new life. It's not disastrous for the sheep to follow the good shepherd. It's glorious and victorious because we follow a shepherd who comes back from the dead to offer us new life. He is our good shepherd. He's the good shepherd for you and the good shepherd for me. Pastor and uh, writer Andy Crouch said that over and over in the Gospels, Jesus interrupts his agenda for those who have nothing to offer him but need everything from him. So whereas bad shepherds are happy to let us serve their agenda until it's too late and we don't even notice that the threats are right in our face with no protection, the good shepherd, his agenda is to do something for you that you could never do for yourself so that he leads you away from the threat, away from the sin. He protects you from the brokenness that threatens to destroy your soul and your life. Jesus is the good shepherd. And what I want for us is to follow the good shepherd wherever we are, to know that the good shepherd guides us and comforts us and is with us, is watching over us, and that that changes everything. In fact, in the scriptures, just like it talks about the bad shepherds, it talks about what the good shepherds do and what it means to follow the good shepherd. So here is what it means to follow the good shepherd. The first is the good shepherd brings together the scattered. He gathers those who are far off. And as, as Christians, as a church, we are only unified because of one thing, and that's because of Jesus. He is the reason we're here. He, he and nothing else, we are unified in Christ. He is the one who gathers us. When he is our shepherd, he has made us family together. Not only that, but he's made us family, and he searches and rescues for the strays. Jesus says, there are other sheep outside of this flock that I must bring in. There are other sheep. There may not be a more important word in that text. There are other sheep. There's always room for one more. When we go out into the world, we're always on mission. We're always seeking the lost because that's who our good shepherd is. He's seeking those who have strayed and calling them back home. And then he leads us to good pastures. He's providing for us, right? The good shepherd. Shepherds weren't micromanagers. You'll never see a shepherd just like doing everything for every single sheep. They're just watching over the flock, making sure the flock gets to good water 
into good pasture so they can be nourished. Wherever you are, Jesus is watching over you so that you can grow no matter what you're going through. You can grow because he's there and caring for you. The fourth thing is that he shepherds with justice. The good shepherd leads with fairness and he makes the wrong things right. And therefore the church... The church can fight for the right things knowing that our leader, our shepherd cares about those things too. And finally, none will be afraid. None will be afraid because the shepherd who is the great defender is always there and there is no threat that can overcome the shepherd. And so no matter what you're going through, it is not bigger than the shepherd's ability to stand with you and defend you and hold it off. The shepherd is there for you and you can have confidence that when the shepherd is good, the flock benefits. And we have a good shepherd. We have a good shepherd. One of the reasons why the sheep and shepherd analogy has been so helpful for Christians over the years is the sheep never outgrow the need for a shepherd. There is no point at which a sheep gets like mature enough that they're now like a solo sheep out on the road enjoying their life without a shepherd. The very best sheep ever is the sheep who knows they are dependent upon the shepherd. You never outgrow. And when in our life with Jesus, we never outgrow the need for the shepherd. I know, I know it's tempting to do it on, my, on our own. I'm tempted that way all the time. I've got it, Jesus. You got me here. I'm good. But the sheep always need the shepherd. And we have a good shepherd who provides for us, who wants what's best for us, and who leads us there himself. He takes care of us. He takes care of it. Every week when we're done with worship, we send you out of these doors into the world because remember, Christians don't spend their lives in churches. They spend their lives out in the world. And everywhere you go, remember that the shepherd is there with you, watching over you, caring for you, tending to you, desiring for you to reflect his character wherever you find yourself. The shepherd goes with you. I'm going to invite the band to come back up and prepare to lead us in our closing song. But as they're coming up, I just want you to think about where do you need the good shepherd in your life? Where do you need to be reminded that Jesus, the good shepherd, is always with you?